boy, wow. Uh, thanks, Brett, for being here. And thanks, Billy, for choking up a little bit so I don't look uh, like the only one out here going to be uh, crying tonight. So, um, Brett, we had some great years together. Holly was a great teammate, great friend. And uh, I would have had to love to have about eight, nine years with Brett Hall on my right wing. JD, Pat Quinn, who can't be here, we send our best to you. The entire Hall of Fame selection committee, thank you for this tremendous honor. I'm on a time crunch here, but two guys I want to mention for sure that made this possible for me to be here today. TC and Jake. I love you both more than you'll ever know. A number of important topics to address right off the top here, Jake. Okay. First of all, I'd like to announce a new live show coming up. When is that again? February 22nd. Got it. Ash Wednesday. The, the day that you told us. Yeah, you like, you, you're a big Ash Wednesday guy. Yeah, so whenever, I, whenever you see me there, I'll have the ashes on my forehead. Please do that. Maybe just make some at home. You know, talking all this Catholic bullshit all the time. I wonder what the... Boy, I mean, you got to do it. Wait, what do you mean just make it at home? You're saying everybody doesn't make it at home? No, you go to the service. They got them there. So they do it like that Wednesday night, they rub the... Is it just soot? Uh -huh. oh, it's ash, I guess, but I don't know. All right. I think it's the uh, the palms. Okay. You got Palm Sunday. Okay. We got some, some fronds. Sick pools and... No. PA elm. Um, what do you mean? Well, <laughs> I think there's a uh, marketing opportunity where the Palms in Vegas should have like a Palm Sunday. They probably do, right? I would assume so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you got Palm Sunday, and then you take all the palms from Palm Sunday, burn those bad boys up. You got the ashes from those palms you're playing with on Sunday. Just kind of put them across the forehead. But I, I'm trying to remember. It's been obviously a minute since I've participated, mm -hmm. I think that it might be accompanying Eucharist, which is remains my big dividing line. In order to accept the Eucharist, you're in like, you know, uh, my family, for example, flouts these rules all the time, but I'm not like, I listen to what God says. Sure. That's uh, how you get Max Hartman. I'm, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, and... You're supposed to have a, a clean soul going into uh, accepting the Eucharist, which you can only achieve through uh, confession. And that, that remains my hang-up because, to be frank with you, I just don't think I'd do anything wrong. That's right. You walk in there and you're like, we can both just sit here if you want. I try my best. I don't have anything to say to you. If I could do better, I would. As, as a result, by definition, what you're receiving is my best. <laughs> So nothing to confess. You think I don't want to do better? If I could do better, I would. All right. So yeah, we'll have a live show on, on Ash Wednesday at Twilight. Yeah. Twilight Lounge, Deep Ellum, Dallas. Not the Fort Worth one. Never the Fort Worth one. No offense. But. Could one day if we want it. it is. I don't want to. Oh yeah. That would be. One of them's like 10 minutes from my house. The other one's like an hour and 10 minutes. I feel like you should confess that that's selfish. Mm, I No. I'm not. <laughs> No. Okay. See? Couldn't crack him. Like, I'm going to go in and be like, hey, bud, I got a thing. Uh, I like going to the places by my house more than the ones farther away. You think he's going to take that real serious? Yeah, he so might why say, are you here? He might say, like, would it be, but would it maybe some people once a year or something you, like, had people that would like it if you went to the one in Fort Worth? And How come you're never willing to do a show in fucking uh, Portland? Portland? Presumably, there's listeners, some that would like it. All right, let's move on. What's your next item? Uh, next item? I just learned that palms are like a fucking plant. What did you, you've heard of palm trees, bud? Yeah, I guess I have, but I didn't know that when people said Palm Sunday, I honestly thought it had something to do with some do sort with of the casino. No, like some sort of religious thing with your hands. No, no, no. You hands are a big part of religion, you know? Take the, pan, take the palm, fold it into a cross. It's okay. pretty cool. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's that's like... A, looks like this shit belongs on Etsy. Catholic origami. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I liked it a lot as a that's kid. That's sweet, yeah. 
Um, second one, got to check in with you. Have you tried the uh, spicy garlic Papa John's sauce? Is, is this... Is this I, I'm always worried about whenever I bring stuff up that's big with you that you're gonna be like, we've been talking about this on the show every day, but it doesn't seem like no, we've not. No, day. I they haven't. I mean, I feel like I see a PJ's commercial every stop set on TV, and I've not heard them advertise this. Ooh, yet. you haven't heard about it? No. Oh boy, you need. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. It's too spicy for me. Well, that doesn't like exist it. for me. Yeah, I know. That's why you're gonna be like, holy shit, this is good. I may have to play that card. Yeah, ne- just next time you get PJs, pop one of the spicy sauces on there. You I, are you're gonna really this is big for you. I almost tweeted uh, our friend David Ruff because he coined the term Zocard. Uh huh. You yeah. get to play once a week. Uh huh. And I mean, I feel like with a lot of things, that's kind of really my idea. Yeah. Um, given that I had it written in like my like run vows. the jewels. Yeah, like run the jewels. Um, others, TV on the internet. Uh, internet and TV. <laughs> Uh, no, but I had actually written into my vows that I'm allowed to order pizza once a week. Yes, yes. You witnessed this. Yeah, yeah, I was there. So I almost tweeted him the other day like, hey, if I go pick up pizza to have for my bo- my daughter's birthday because we're having some grandparents over and we're going to have cake and have dinner with her. There's a second birthday? We're only getting half. The, we only got invited to half the birthday. This was just uh, I'm her mom and my parents on Monday yeah. night, the day uh-huh. of. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's when uh, she and I got married because for months now she's been asking if she's been saying that she and I were going to get married. Yeah, uh, I don't know what it like. Not as much, but Izzy's floated the idea. Yeah, no, it's come up a lot. So finally, how how does this enter into their thinking? I don't really know, but for a while she'd been saying like, "You're going to be my husband, and we're going to get married." And I was like, "We'll get married for your birthday." So I went and bought flowers. Had to fucking really scour Grapevine Mills Mall for a place where I could find like, uh, not a they're like rubber rings. Like they're mm-hmm. tiny little. I yeah. thought I could just walk in and buy like a ring pop from a fucking candy thing, but I don't know. That's a whole other deal. But anyways, huh? What could that possibly mean? Uh, they they're done they, with ring pops. I could not find that. They have, I think they have two candy stores there. Couldn't find them anywhere. Um, and you know they got a bunch of like jewelry shops, but that's not really what I'm looking to hit, right? They're not mm-hmm. gonna have a ring for a four year old unless you spend like a hundred dollars, which. I did not, but I was able to find a pack of rubber ones with little butterflies on them for uh, like six bucks. That's nice. Also, another weird uh, Grapevine Mills note. Uh, I've only actually been there twice in the last year. Uh, Both times were to buy her a a birthday gift. Do you know they have like like an Asian area? I had no idea that Grapevine Mills had an Asian area. They have an area. You have some Kleenex? No. You don't just have any? (laughs) <laughs> you can borrow like in my backpack yeah maybe. no i don't have it you can use my shirt or purse if you want. well purse it would be tight to have story. a purse Hope, hopefully this doesn't fuck up the mics i gotta i don't want to just be sniffling all cast no i just what the fuck's up with this it's fucking january and no, i'm getting not, allergies it's not great i hate it it's not great at all Sorry. uh let's no, hear the, about asian grapevine no there's a it's weird i never really noticed this at any other mall ever but there's a stretch where to the left and to the right uh probably for a five or six storefront stretch it's all asian stuff so like they have a outside the food court but in the mall you very rarely see the standalone food restaurant outside the food court that's a swerve in its own but they have a sushi place a sushi place outside of the food court you'll see it like a dessert shop like american cookie company that's true maybe pretzel yeah. Maybe a pretzel. So no, this is a there's a sushi place. Jesus Christ. They have uh an Asian toy store. That sounds nice. They have an Asian art. I kinda wanna thing. go to the toy store. They have a fucking I mean, obviously we know malls have sword stores, but in this Love mall that. they decided to put the sword store right in the Asian thoroughfare. It's only katanas. Dude, it was crazy. I was like, man, this is I it kind of dawned on me because I walked through and then when I was walking back, I was like, oh boy, this is a lot. Huh. Uh no so my to circle back to my original point that was uh accidental I don't know if that counts as my za card I didn't order what I wanted you know like I got stuff that we could all like that they would like I got a little bit of what I wanted but wasn't the place I wanted to order it's for others it feels like that doesn't count 
if you were to it does feel like that doesn't enter count. into some sort of a legal agreement, which I technically did do. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd approach it as a negotiation. I, I'd be trying to persuade to win, not to dictate. You know, you know what I mean? Of course. Like your 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 case is so power. strong that everyone's going to agree. But if you if you kind of if you want if you build it if you care about winning the, the hearts and minds, you can probably do it. So um, I do not know about this spicy garlic sauce, but it's good. Is it the same consistency as, as what they normally give you? Which they don't even yeah, always normally give you now. That's a fucking cheap it's, trick. It's the garlic sauce, except it's got kick. It's okay. got kick. I'll check it out. That's um, announcement number two? Yeah, I think that's, that's most announcements pretty much. I got um, a few things for you. Ooh, I did. Go ahead with your few things. I no. can weave this in. Uh, well, I know the only thing that people love more than uh, us talking uh, parenting stuff, uh-huh. which if... You want to complain about that, then how about I tell you another flag football story? <laughs> I want to hear another flag football story. This one, uh, not near as electric. Well, Although you be the judge. That's, that's not really a way to sell it. You be the ahead. judge. Um, so as I've stated many times, this team's success has absolutely nothing to do with me other than the fact that it is kind of tiring to not have subs. You can't contribute in any way. Like you can't can't be a steady hand you've you've played all this flag football you can't provide any strategy what are you even doing dude oh i mean i've dedicated your weekends to this for what 20 fucking years you know you're you're bringing nothing well i'll tell you this you're not getting to my quarterback that's a that's That's good that's just absolutely not happening glad to hear that and that's because well really two reasons one um i'm kind of dwight palish in that i'm not afraid to go to the ground okay so if you decide you want to run into me, I'm taking you to the ground with me. And about the third time you do that, you're probably going to want to stop because it's probably annoying. I don't know because I don't rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it always starts the same. We get the group text. How many we got this weekend? 11, 12. By Saturday night, it's eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, it helps to have eight, first of all. <laughs> but having like nine can be key. Somebody yeah. needs a breather, especially on defense. So they're not good because of me. However, they had not won the league the three previous seasons they had played. We have now won it three in a row, the three I've played. There you go. That's good. It's not nothing. So, I mean, you may call it a catalyst. Yeah, it kind of that's put it over the top. Yeah, that's what a lot of people are saying. This yeah. needed a, a heart. So uh, got a new team in the league this time. God squad's out Hate observing that. the holidays. Yeah, uh, But this new team – uh i had not because it was a long layoff with the holidays like we didn't play for like three weeks so we got back out there sunday new team see him in the standings are two and oh and we're thinking like oh shit we got fresh blood here like we might actually get challenged which is i think more fun than just drilling people mm-hmm. uh so like oh shit all right let's gear up so we get out there they're young like they all look to be I would say of their nine of their ten or eleven guys, probably nine of them are under twenty-two. Is that intimidating to you? Well, you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, with flag because if you're in the NFL and that's the case, like if you if you're playing a young team, you're like, okay, that's good. We could probably beat them. Yeah, I would say it can it can go both ways. I mean, yeah. the dudes on my team are I think between twenty-four and twenty-six, maybe twenty-seven, and then me. But there are old heads in flag football that, especially at the quarterback position, that I've been fucking roasted by like 52-year-old men. That's Just nice. destroyed. That's cool. I'd like to be them. Yeah. That sounds fun. But they're young guys. They're all swagged out. You know, they've got cool shit. They got cool jerseys. You think Staubach could pick you apart right now? He could kill you. Dude, they, there's a rusher, so you have to be able to move a little bit. There's, you know, he sent two people at him. I mean, he could die. I th- what are the rules for his game? Surely he's still playing. I'm. I'm not even gonna ask that as a question. I'm sure that he's still playing. It's probably touch football rules, which means you can't rush the quarterback. It's not gonna be on Boy, his Wikipedia page. He's an even eighty. No, I just want to know. Is I want to know how old he was. I was thinking young seventies. If he's eighty, you're right. <laughs> See, I thought you were thinking that Navy Heisman Super Bowl. Like that, there was gonna be a tab that said. Annual touch football game. Have a, his personal life has an other tab. It might be in there. It might be. So they're young. They got cool shit. Most of them have that, you know, I just have to accept it, even if I hate it. Really annoying haircut that all kids have now. 
You know the fucking one. Are those kids getting their hair permed or curled? Like, how do they get that curl if you don't have naturally curly hair? What? Dude, you know the one I'm talking about. Like, it's... I don't know. It's kind of like the Mahomes, but taken to an extreme. They all have, like, a muffin top, like, super curly thing. You haven't seen this? I mean... I heard Corby say the other day, like... He might even have tweeted it, like, on vacation, that every single boy... It's very popular on TikTok. Just a Googling young person haircut. No, nah, you need to go with like uh teen teen male popular haircut. Do Would that. Did you kiss him? No. <laughs> Although that's kind of what my lady gave me the other day. Too hard of a part. Teen male popular haircut. Boy, you're gonna get flagged. <laughs> uh, this? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Kind of that. You think that, see, like, that's just, I mean, my hair looks like that, but I, I don't know. You have curly hair, though. Kind of. But I see shit tons of, it's, it's that. not like Josh. It's a little, they'll go Josh higher with it. Josh has curly hair. So they all got that, and you're like, oh, shit, these guys think they're cool. But again, since they're so. I doubt they're getting perms. They probably just have that hit. You think? You, I just don't remember three quarters of dudes I went to school with having, like, true curly hair. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was more like the opposite. But yeah. I'm telling you, man, you'll notice this now. It's very, very popular. I'm surprised TikTok guy doesn't know about this because every TikTok video I see. Of I've like, seen some kids with that haircut. Although I'll tell you, TikTok, I, listen, I didn't tell it anything, okay? It just <laughs> assumed that I don't want to hear from dudes. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, again, keep in mind, if you're like 19, 20 years old, like these guys are at, right out of high school. Most of them didn't even appear to be over 21. Mm -hmm. Your dad, if you had a child at the national average age or slightly below, well, like seven years older than me. Yeah. Much closer to their dad's age, you know? So one, of their, so? one of their dads is there. Uh-huh. He's playing cornerback? He's just kind of, you know, he's in jeans and uh, – uh, Texas hoodie that, or as I, I think Jordan and I discussed once Let's upon a time son. about Futter, uh, Fetterman, it's a burnt orange hoodie that says Texas, but I don't think it's, I think it was purchased at a gas station. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Love that. So uh, we get out there. Like not the university, the state. Yeah, exactly. But in the <laughs> university colors, curiously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we get out there and, uh, you know, they got a, I think We they, can put it on there. It's just the name of a state. <laughs> they had... They had the Bluetooth speaker bumping, which is appreciated, but also, again, a very like, hey, we're out here to kick somebody's ass move. Mm -hmm. Got the ball first. Uh, I think we scored in three plays. Nice. So that's 6 nothing. And uh, I came off the field for our first defensive series. So you don't usually do like, like one sideline and the other. Typically, everybody's on the same sideline. Who the fuck wants to walk over there? So I'm on the sideline, and the dad's – 10 feet from me and uh, they got the ball and they completed their first two passes. Uh, now they were not big plays. They were the weakest little dump offs. They had yet to pick up a first down on third down was completion percentage. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. And so maybe the second one picked up like 10 yards. Hard to lose like that. Like they simply completed a pass mm -hmm. and the dad started yelling, y'all about to learn. Y'all about Jesus to learn Christ. what these boys are about. How common is that? That's never happened. Never First of happened. all, I've never okay. seen. I mean, Good. a dad is is yeah. not ha doesn't happen. Uh, but second of all, that's just it, it was just weird. Hard for him though, because at a certain age, it's a hundred percent of dads go to their kids' games, and you know sometimes it's hard. He's probably autistic. Uh, he can't he can't read the may, social maybe. cues of the drop off. Maybe, but yeah, What's, exactly. When's the like, right time? Dude, they're out of high school. <laughs> it's not really these kids have apartments or they live in your basement but before yeah they said that yeah, we but could. no but it's done now bud he's like y'all about to when? learn he's like they're gonna show y'all what they're about uh-huh and i'm thinking to myself this guy definitely does not know that we're like 34 and one in our last 35 games he probably doesn't and i i i kind of thought maybe he does and that's why he's like going at us because he's like oh these guys are about to take over lee he definitely had never seen uh my guys play before so uh, after the second down completion, y'all about to learn. Strap up. Strap up. Y'all better be ready. And I walked over to him and I said, hey, dude, uh, I'll give you 20 points right now for $100. <laughs> You're a dick. 
He's like, what? <laughs> and I go, I'll spot you 20 points. It's six nothing right now. I'll give you 20 points, 100 bucks. If we push, no one pays. And he was like, oh, you're on, bro. You are on. That's great. They failed to complete their next two passes. They went for it on fourth down. I love that you're making sure that, listen, a push, like, I just wanted to be clear. I didn't want there to be any confusion. Yeah. I wanted him to know how serious. He was like, oh, you're on. He's like, these boys are for real. You got it on you? uh, Hold on. We got the ball back. Uh, They they did not complete another pass on that series. They went went for it on fourth down after failing to complete on third. As I'm coming back out of the field, I, I said it to my team, but loud enough that all of them do, ostensibly... One of this guy's children mm-hmm. is out there, and I said, "Hey, uh, this dad just spotted. Uh, I just spotted this dad twenty points for a hundred bucks." I was like, "Let's hit the gas." <laughs> uh, we scored two plays later. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They got the ball back. Four plays later, we had the ball back. Mm-hmm. We scored three plays later. Mm-hmm. Now it's twenty to nothing. And when I came off the field that time, I go, "Okay, so basically right now it's zero zero, right? Twenty points." And he's like, "Yeah, whatever, man." Now he realizes. If this is going to be a long fucking afternoon for a wager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The final score was 50 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And at halftime... You, the- you're not... You're being unkind. To, like, you know, it's, that's... The 20 is not a fair line, obviously. I knew that, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but he didn't know that. And I felt like 20 sounds beefy enough. Yeah. That he's yeah. like, how could I not take that? I mean, he probably would have taken it straight up. I mean, Based it was, on what he's saying. It was... I want to say it was... Let's see... It was something like 30 at half. And the ref said, do y'all want to play through? Because uh, there was playoffs on, uh-huh. you know. And, but we're, we were we needed a break. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of running, you know. A lot of long touchdowns mm-hmm. and pick sixes. Mm-hmm. And uh, a guy on the other team goes, we can just stop now? Like he misunderstood what play through meant. And we were like, no, no, no. We're just taking a break for halftime. We'll be back out here. Like they wanted no part of this after this. Well. There was a brief moment. What, what about the the sanctity of the wager? There was there was a brief moment after we got back out there, where a dude on our team dropped a touchdown uh, in his hands, and the guy guarding him, start, uh, defending him, started like really doing the no fly zone shit. And he was like, "Y'all ain't throwing over here." The dude on their team goes, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> He's like, "We're not talking to them." Anyways, fast forward. We end the game. It's 50 it's already nothing. cost us a hundred dollars. <laughs> what else nothing. do you want? So as we're walking off the field, uh, and I got to be honest, I was never going to take this guy's money. Come on. Unless he just straight up said, here's a bill or here's Venmo, whatever. But as we're walking off the field, uh, he's probably, you know, I don't know, 15 yards away. I go, my man. I was like, I'm sure we'll see you guys back out here again. I was like, I'll just get your money next time. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I go, the $100 you bet me with a 20-point spread. He goes, I didn't agree to it. And now, now I'm like, this is worse. Yeah. Now yeah, I'm like, yeah. I was never going to take your money. Yeah. But why would I have run back out on the field if you had not said, you know, whatever? He's like, yeah, whatever, man. Didn't get like too contentious, but I go, you did bet me a hundred dollars, twenty point spread, and I he was standing right by the scoreboard. I go, look behind you, it's fifty, it's nothing, and he goes, you know what? When I get out of here, I get to keep being me. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, we all kind of get that. How am I that. supposed to contend with that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Kind of put me in a blender a little bit. Uh, I didn't really have an answer. I was like, yeah, all right. Did bro, you whatever. get his name? Was it Logan Dav 76 <laughs> Should I get that reference? It's the guy that, uh, whatever you bet me 500 on the election, he was like, that's easy money. I'm like, how easy? He's like, I'll, get, I'll put 100 on that. Never paid. Oh, okay. And just, uh, I'm glad you remember that. Though. He that's- keeps on, uh, like, it's happened a couple times. Like, he, he blocked me, so I called him. I'm, listen, this is this a is stark awesome. contrast to you being like, I was never going to get it. No, I want that, especially now. Yeah. I could really use Well, now that, I kind of want it, too. That now. For different reasons. Um, I but, want it because uh, he was a bitch about it. I just, I'm, I'm, the thing that always gets me in something like that is I know if it, the other, if it was the other way, he wouldn't have been like, ha, ha, ha. He would have been like, where's my fucking money? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so he, he deleted his account. And then uh, he like made another account with like a like I could t- he's in his photo like so I I saw another account tweeting with a, a, a photo of the same guy it wasn't the same photo but I can recognize humans and uh, so I was like where's my fucking money. <laughs> 
and uh, he deleted that account. So I, I think I just got him off Twitter. Chasing people off social media over $100 for a three-year-old bet. Listen, if he wants the fucking tweets, he should pay up. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know, like if you you don't pay your taxes or whatever, it's like wage garnishment. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're tweet garnishing him. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate that quite a bit. Man, that's great. Hey, are you aware if of... If you find uh, socials for uh, that kid's dad... I'm sure they'll be back out there. Uh, are you aware... Like, is is this TikTok... Uh, is, the, is the... They found the giant thing on TikTok in your... I don't know about any giants, I don't think. Okay. I was hoping this was something you could, like, fill me in on. Like most things on TikTok, I only know about it once it makes it to Twitter, which is kind of a nice filter. Like Armani Tumor? No, like... Uh, there's a some conspiracy theory that there's a, a TikToker that posted a video of a giant. I think he was in maybe Afghanistan. Is it real? It doesn't. It just, I don't know. It looked to be a doctored video to me, but the guy's dead now. Oh, shit. Which got me reading through the replies. The giant killed him? Uh, no, the government. Because he told about the giant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually saw some replies no, that were like, yeah, why do you think uh, the U.S. was in Afghanistan? Get those giants. At least the DNA. Yeah. So we can create our own giants. Maybe uh, open a park with them in Frisco. I would go see a giant. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to go to Universal Studios probably a lot. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I'm I'm furious, but I'm excited. Yeah, measure. if they couldn't have got here two decades ago? No, just the – like – this is all in service of con- trying to convince me that Frisco doesn't suck, and I will not be convinced at any point. Like, the, the whole fucking thing is stupid. Frisco. Shouldn't be there. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I mean by that. No, but I, but think, I, stand you, I, but I think everyone else does, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I just was starting to get into specific prescriptions, like uh, get rid of it, and I, I, don't, I don't know that I feel that way, but, but maybe I do um but yeah uh it's just like they're they're basically like being like uh look at all this amazing success arlington has had if only we could capture that and i'm like no 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 that's not success they're a joke yeah but the difference is is that they'll do it with here here's the here's a that's uh, the giant yeah looks like just a mountain yeah but there's like a thing on it though yeah it's guy like driving I was thinking bigger. Well, I think it's pretty far away. Yeah, he's on, he's yeah, on yeah. Top I'm, I'm seeing it now. Yeah, yeah. That, that is that is real big. Yeah. Comparatively. Yeah. And if you read through the replies, there's a lot of people that think the CIA fucking snuffed this guy. Anyways, you're right. Frisco does suck. Um, um, but are good for them. You can go pop into the PGA offices and, and go I mean, see I, the Jaws ride. I figure we'll take the kid every fucking weekend. She's gonna be excited about this, dude. That shit is fucking extremely expensive. But you're right. I bet Universal Studios. I know how expensive it is. I bet now. What do you think a one day pass for Orlando is? Uh, I've bought one within the last five years. What do you think? It's like eighty bucks. I think it's pretty expensive, man. Maybe a hundred. Yeah, but like I don't know, scaling up. It's like close to thirty to go to the trampoline park. It's at least three times better than the trampoline park. And I like the trampoline park. Yeah, I think it might be. Well, this is true. Do they have two parks at Universal Orlando? This one says one day, two parks, admission only, 164. Yeah, so see, we definitely just did one park. They okay. might have two parks. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyways. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, they do. They do because they got the Hogwarts Express between them. I'm pretty sure. So I guess we did get both parks. Now you know it would be really tight. We did drive that Hogwarts Express. Is if they? Uh, <laughs> I live a cool life. You no do. one should laugh at me. You do. You're chasing other grown adults off the internet uh, in betwixt riding the Hogwarts Express. Yeah, I was probably on the Express, fucking being like Logan Dav, get out of here or pay. There's almost no doubt. I mean, we were. Uh, what's something that you and I love? Uh, going to football games. That's one part of our life. Mm-hmm. We were also calling a guy who had threatened us on the internet. That's another we, thing we love. Once we, once we found his home phone number. Hey, bud. What's going I'm on? I'm talking to you at home. 
Yeah. You want to keep fucking spouting the noise? What would be tight, though, is if Universal Studios... What's your problem? ...builds a water park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've already got a good water park. We got two. Because now I'm a big Great Wolf fan. Yeah? It's fine. It's pretty good. NRH2O is not bad, dude. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of it. Like, the, the Dallas City ones are very good. Especially bang for buck wise. Hawaiian Falls, I got to tell you, I was, uh, I thought it was pretty mid and it was insanely expensive. That's the one, uh, there may be multiple, but there's one in Roanoke and it was, I I could not believe it. It was wet and wild prices. I'm like, you guys look at this park and honestly tell me that you could charge the same thing. Where's your Durstuga? Yeah. It's horseshit. Yeah, no, I mean, Dallas, uh, you can get, Two slides, lazy river, kids area, full size pool with diving boards for ten bucks. What a deal! That's what I'm saying. What a deal! It's pretty good. Um, I've got I've got a longer topic I'd like to broach with you. I have a boutique political assassination. I you know I'm not off political assassinations yet. No, you know that I, I know months that it's away, and I have been respecting even though we've turned over to the new year. Your edict, you can only ban me from one topic at a time. I'm and, gonna stick with the one I did, and you've you've picked yours, so I I get to ride on political assassinations as long as I want. Okay, no one can force me off. Yeah, if, uh, if I get to a point where I want to welcome weekly pedo content back in, I'll because I you got know. some good stuff. I have no doubt. It's built up. I have no doubt. You you won't. I got mighty ducks pedos. Uh, which one? The guy who played young Gordon Bombay. Yeah, I think somebody you know sent, about that one. I think somebody sent me that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, um, but he's uh, a cute kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, he grew up to be a monster. Uh, it's more he was associated with monsters, but he went on the run to Spain with them. So that, that's indicating guilt to me. Um, small notes before then. I just wanted to, like, uh, you know, I, w- I want to check in with you about gas stoves. You were, you were asking me about gas stoves, and you, you were not the only one. I saw someone else, uh, or uh, Dave Weigel, Washington, or he used to be Washington Post reporter. Then they banned him for retweeting a joke, and he left for a media startup. Uh, but uh, he Wasn't was like... a joke about women? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the joke was. I, I think it was something like, uh, I just can't remember wh- what the other polar was. He's like, oh, no, uh, bi- it was bi. <laughs> like, all women are bi. It's either sexual or polar was was the joke, which isn't like A plus, but also like. Not bad. You really want to like fucking chase someone for retweeting that? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, and the thing is, it's like they were the middle option. Washington Post was like there was one of his coworkers is like, honestly, he should be killed in the public square. Yeah, I remember this now. And uh, I don't know. I, I have sound, a hard uh, time lady, imagining. Lady, you yeah. sound a little bipolar. <laughs> His words, dude. <laughs> I don't want to get fired from my job. <laughs> um, and so uh, he he was saying like, uh, you know, that it was really uh, culture warring it up. Like the MAGA people were out after because the the government has is considering new rules that would ban the installation of new gas rule. stoves going forward. Yeah. Uh and all the one like on the one hand it is true, I'm sure, I don't know, I didn't really check. Uh that uh you know, people are now treating this like uh what was it? Like a Keurig, they were throwing the Keurigs out. Was that, <sighs> Did they was get that what it was? Whenever they so, someone pulled their advertising from Fox News. I think it was some kind of like machine that you'd find in the kitchen. Okay, yeah, probably. I remember there, there was some mattress companies that. Yeah, and there's like videos of people throwing them at windows and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean whatever. the classic is Colin Kaepernick, but. And so getting get, like just uh, loving your gas stove that much, right? He knows what some people are doing, but uh, I don't know. I, from where I sit, you know, as as Mister Induction himself, uh, it seems to me like the. The average person didn't take it seriously at all before. And so now, like, that half the people are like, oh, holy fuck. Uh, yeah, that seems productive. I, I feel like it got people's attention. Like, and it's probably only people who were open to Joe Biden's ideas anyways. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it was on their radar before. And I mean, whatever. I don't know. It's not like uh, before I was living in in hell. And now that we have an induction cooktop, all of my problems are solved. In fact, I would say I can't tell the difference. 
except for when I cook, uh, when I would say the induction is very pleasant. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to make the switch at some point, but people like, I think my wife, but for sure, like my mom is like, oh, I, you can't cook with that. And I think it's just because they're used to doing it one way, but people have issues with. I bet that they've never tried induction. They probably tried electric stoves because right. everyone has, and they fucking suck. That's probably what it is. But inductions are good. Yeah, I mean, it's not on the top of the list of things I need to spend money on at the house, but yeah. I think in in before long, I think I'd like to make the switch. And yeah, it was just one of those nudge type things. I've obviously, Burning's talked about it for a long time. I've been interested in it. I've read stuff. And the government's like, this is going to give your kid asthma. And I'm like, well, I don't want that. You got enough problems already. Now you got two kids that double the asthma. That's double the asthma. Your inhaler budget's going to be wacky. Right. I'm going to have to do the... <laughs> Please, someone tell me how to feed my family. Tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Candles. Um, I would anyways, say yeah. for the average person who's interested, I looking back, I I wish that we we just kind of like figured it all out on our own, uh, and it probably would have been helpful if we just like hired someone. There's no doubt that I would go that route. Yeah. So if anyone out there is wondering, should I hire someone? As someone who didn't hire someone, I'd say you should probably hire someone. We're still like not totally positive we haven't checked all of the boxes of like get you know the cooktop works but uh getting everything like vented which like doesn't come up that often like if you're making pasta do you really need the house to be vented but if you're making like fucking steak or something it's nice if it is i'll look into it but yeah anyways and then uh we haven't covered the idaho murders at all did you cover them on your show i just i feel like it's now too late and I, I, I'm not prepared to today on my end, but uh, no, I mean, it seemed like it was on your radar, and it, I, I, it's on my radar of things I would like to get to once I'm done with this particular boutique political murder. We were just off um, when it happened, or maybe not when it happened, but when it really started to heat up. We, maybe even when it when did it probably happened in early December, right? That sounds right. Yeah, I think the murders were in November. Once they started to gather information that made it, frankly, a, a a more interesting story mm -hmm. uh, not just like a super sad one mm -hmm. we were off then when i went back to work and it was only two days and it was cowboys then i was off again so we kind of just missed the boat on the whole deal i mean i uh i kept pretty close tabs on it while i was off because they started you know getting more information and it was funny when i was uh when i was at that cabin with those fan uh with our friends couples and their kids i think some of the big info came down new year's eve oh because that's when they had found they started finding like all the ways that this guy was like flaunting that he didn't think he could get caught like they yeah, started, he just wanted to talk about it, it seemed like yeah they like, found a reddit yeah. post a facebook yeah. post yeah a call into a true crime podcast yeah and uh i said something about it so there were three other women there i think it'd be fun to like get all that together and do an episode going over it you should even if it is yeah uh when i brought it up i i said something like i, I might have looked at my phone and been like holy shit and someone said what i was like oh this or this about the uh the idaho murders and the other three women were all like what is it yeah like i was like oh y'all are into this they're like every day yeah only only news i read right now yeah women be loving murder they do I wonder, I mean, you know, I, I don't quite, it's, it's an obviously observed phenomenon, but I don't under, I don't really, I just, just that I don't get it. I don't okay. think whatever you thought I was about to say, <laughs> my actual thing I was going to say is not controversial. So I don't know what you heard. Okay. Then yeah, you put it back in my court. I'm projecting. <laughs> yeah. Um, one time, uh, you're projecting the idea that maybe I was thinking every woman has fantasies about being murdered. Classic old school, bad radio. Uh, Tom, I think asked aloud why uh women love vampires because twilight was big and dan speculated maybe it's the blood thing <laughs> <laughs> which like ask him to untangle all the parts of yeah, that yeah no that's there's a lot going on there i don't i don't know that it really adds up but it's it's funny to suggest um yeah no my uh my boutique murder story starts in katanga you know about katanga not uh never heard that word in my life. It's a province in the Congo. She was married to Corey. No, no, that's Topanga. Oh. Uh, it's a province in the Congo. I'm sorry for that one. You should be. And the during the 60s, whenever, you know, Africa's kind of finding itself, sort of rewriting the map, 
trying to figure out what's Africa going to look like in the future. Uh, they were saying, hey, we should, as we're making new countries and everything, we should be our own, our own country. We shouldn't be part of the Congo. Uh, and the Congo is like, it's an interesting perspective. However, most of our economy is based on the copper that's mined in your province. So not a fucking chance. Uh, also, it's not like they just said that, like out of the goodness of their hearts. Uh, the mining company was like, boy, it kind of seems like Congo is not going to be real chill about letting us do every single thing that we want to do and taking all of the wealth of this nation and turning it into like profits for our corporation. What if we had an independent country that we could just completely control? So like all the people in this Katanga separatist movement are just people funded by the, the mining corporation. Um, and at the time, the United Nations is also just starting to get its feet under it. This is all post-World War II shit. It's right. related. You know, like when once we've settled World War II, now the other big questions of what the world is going to look like. This is a time when people are feeling like, you know, figuring out what the world is going to look like forever. It, it sort of happens now. Mm -hmm. uh, so the United <laughs> Nations is coming online. Uh, Africa, you know, all the colonial maps are being rewritten. Um things of this nature. And so all of these things, you know, like we, we have in our ideas, you know, the, the borders of the Congo are set. The United Nations is a small, it's like, it's there, but it's just not, you know, it, it didn't end up being as big as some people at the time thought that it would be or could be whatever. Uh, like this is an interesting thing about the, just reading about politics leading up to Kennedy is that the, the UN used to be one of the rights big, big things like the huge boogeyman uh and nowadays like who the fuck cares uh it's just weird to imagine someone having a strong opinion about the united nations uh that lasted that's not the case anymore but but certainly i'm sure that they don't the republicans don't love it you know like if trump tried to stir him up about it they could but like you know, it's just, it's whatever. No one thinks that the UN's going to stop you from doing anything that you want to do. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess really they became kind of a punching bag with like Hans Blix. <laughs> I don't even really know what that means. That's, uh, well, he was the inspector. Yeah. Oh, from the, like, Iraq war stuff? Yeah, and people yeah, were yeah, like, yes, yeah, yeah, so yeah, you went yeah, in there and you didn't, that. you didn't find anything? Yeah. So what the fuck do you do then? Yeah. So anyways, I don't know. I just remember that's when they became kind <clears> of a, it was a, I was also listening to a lot of conservative talk radio in that era, but it definitely has faded in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, instead, I mean, uh, Alex Jones could certainly get worked up about the idea of the no, UN. tailor-made. It's a global institution, yeah. but uh, it just doesn't do that much. But it's my understanding that this is something that was a bit of more of an open question as it, at its founding, you know, like right. what, what exactly is this going to be? And so the uh, the second ever secretary of the UN is a Swedish politician named Dag Hammarskjöld. Love it. And uh, Dag is uh, intervening in this separatist thing. So I I guess of course we know that the UN has troops because the last time they showed up was Bosnia, and that's within our memories. So like you you can sort of recall that there were UN troops in Bosnia. I can see their helmets. They got UN on the side of them. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen them, but yeah, I not like in person, but like no, a, no, a I don't photo. even. Know, I've, I don't think I've ever even seen an image, but I do. Yes, I'm aware of that they existed to whatever small degree that they did or do. But so, whenever Katanga is trying to separate from the Congo, Dag says uh, we gotta keep it together. I like I, I don't know the stuff enough to know why, but like. He was seen as a very pro-Africa, like pro-African people kind of voice. Like that that he, you know, as a Swede, uh, like you, you could see how, I mean, it's not like they, they ever had like a huge colonial empire. Um, so they, they're probably not seeing this the same way, like a similar level British politicians going to see it. And he thinks that these, uh, these copper mines should probably enrich the people of the Congo rather than the uh, Belgian mining company. Uh, and so he sends in UN troops to try and settle this Katanga thing. Uh, it doesn't go great. There's a lot of people who died, which did not look good for him. It, you know, kind of looked like he was escalating it. So he, he's like, I'll just go down there. I'll, uh, uh -oh. I'll, I'll, I'll talk peace. We'll, we'll settle this. And, uh, yeah, while, while he's going down, there's his plane crashes. He's dead. Everyone on the plane's dead. 
this is the greatest white savior story of all time. <laughs> there's a there's a UN uh, investigation, obviously at the time, uh, that just says it's pilot error. You you read the altimeter wrong. They were like going in for a landing, and they just I don't know fucking hit the ground. <laughs> yeah sure in retrospect it seems like kind of a thin story one of the uh big things that kind of like uh you know plays a role in like just one of the revelations of the people who come in trying to understand better what might have actually happened uh is that because all of this is you know i mean like it's a white guy who died as part of an organization mainly run by whites uh like so they come in and do their investigation and the people investigated are white and they basically have an attitude of like black eyewitnesses are not worthwhile, but that's a hard attitude to have in, in Africa. In Africa. Yeah. <laughs> so like whatever you just like, all right, we want to talk to everyone who saw the plane, but no blacks. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> you're going to end up with very little evidence. Uh, and so uh, there, I watched a documentary. It's the interesting docu, like, it's a good documentary. It's called Cold Case Dag Hammerschild. I think, yeah, Hammerschild. And it's a Swedish guy uh, and a Danish guy. And the, the Swedish guy, his dad helped. Like his dad at one point was digging around the wreckage. Okay. And he brought home with him a metal plate with holes through it. And he told, like his kid found it later and was like, what's this? And he was like, that's the side of the plane with bullet holes. They're like, I thought they said it was just a regular crash. He's like, nah, got this plate. And so that kicks off a lifelong lifelong interest for that guy, the Swedish guy, who then ropes in the Danish uh, documentarian. And they're working together to make this whole thing. And one part of the documentary is he turns over that plate. They they get the UN to, or I don't know about them or someone else, whatever. The UN op- reopens the investigation. Uh, and as part of that reopening, they're like, all right, we'll look at the plate. And they're like, this fell off a Land Rover and these aren't even bullet holes. Mm. <laughs> so like, whatever it's, it's red herring. It doesn't matter. But like, it's just funny that like the origin of this whole thing is like the dad basically like brought home a seashell and was like, this came from a mermaid. Yeah. And in my <laughs> mind, he's like, uh, his son turns 18. His son didn't find it. His son turns 18. He's like, it's time. <laughs> yeah. And he has like a hermetically sealed chamber touchpad yeah and it's just in a it's in like a glass case yeah <laughs> stage lighting yeah it's just an old piece of metal metal <laughs> fucking that you found in africa that's it uh, yeah these are bullet holes uh, but um, they're bullet holes on a land rover yeah like most of the land rovers yeah um in a war zone and so the documentary it kind of spends most of its time on something that I think is just sort of mainly muddying the waters. Uh, and I can get to that in a second, but I, I'll tell you, they, they got about 20 minutes in there. Well, they just, in my mind, conclusively settled the entire thing. And it's pretty easy, all told. Uh, there was a guy, a naval officer for the U.S. Navy, who worked at a listening station in Cyprus. So he's on the island of Cyprus. They got just, you know, this uh, thing that's just monitoring all the various radars. And he gets a call and someone says, you probably want to come up to the listening station round about midnight. We got something big going down. And I'd love to know more about how they knew that something big was going down, but whatever. Um, and so they uh, they get there and he's, the guy plays a tape for him. He's like, it's only seven minutes old but it's already history. It's a big deal. And what they hear on the tape is uh, a pilot being like, hey, I think I found him. I'm going to go in for a run. Then the sound of gunfire. Then the guy just being like, I hit him. And they, I forget exactly how the guy says it, but he's like, it's someone who was known to us that was on the tape. It's a Belgian mercenary known as the Lone Ranger. Uh, and Belgium previously, uh, owners of the Congo. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I realized that was clunky. No, no, no. no owners worries. of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the colonial, you know, whatever. Um, and then they talked to a guy 
who is friends with that pilot. And he confirms that his nickname was the Lone Ranger. He says that, uh, yeah, he told me everything. Like he sat me down and was like, let me tell you about the time I killed the fucking head of the UN. <laughs> Uh, and so, and also they talk to the, they do go and they, they take credible, the black eyewitnesses and they're all like, yeah, I saw a plane shooting another plane out of the sky. <laughs> and none of this is in the, like the 1961 UN report because, you know, uh, I, I think that on some level they didn't want like just the, in all these things, they just don't want to, they don't, they don't want to find out what happened. They just want to make it so you don't ask questions anymore. That, sure. That's what the JFK investigation looks like. That's what the RFK investigation looks like. That's the MLK investigation look like. Like, you know, the from the time, like the job of the police was to get people to shut the fuck up. It was not in any way to tell you what happened. Um, and so, you know, they, they, they're kind of doing a similar thing. Um, and I think... They almost didn't dwell on this enough, but one of the uh, the dude who was his friend told him where he took off from, and so they're like, do some shots from there. And I think that they briefly say like, this is a, a landing strip set up by the mining company because they spend the rest of the documentary being like, who told him to do it? You know, like whose whose plan was this? What what's the thing? And I'm pretty sure it's just the mining company. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like they're just like, this guy's gonna prevent us from doing the mining we want to do. Fucking kill him. I don't care he's the head of the UN. I'm the head of a mining company. So was the I'm Lone Ranger in, a, in another plane, you're saying? What's that? This was an, an aircraft to aircraft? Yeah, he was in a fighter jet. The Belgian mercenary was. And he just shot him out of but the But he sky. wasn't flying the plane. The Belgian mercenary? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty versatile. I think, yeah. Wow. I, mean, I don't know. You know, he was, his, he was called the Lone Ranger because he did a lot of solo missions in World War II. Fuck. <laughs> fucking love it <laughs> yeah yeah that's phenomenal. uh so i you know he's definitely used to flying a fighter jet solo um yeah i, I don't know i've never tried that's it pretty badass it's probably hard but just seems like the sort I of thing that it. you know like i don't think john wick could do that give him a couple movies i'm sure that they'll get to it that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably will yeah, and so, I mean, that's, oh, uh, there was also, in 2014, they declassified a U.S. diplomatic cable that was sent a couple days afterwards where they were like, uh, we've, we heard from a good source that's been reliable in the past that this guy shot down Doug Hammerschultz's plane. So, you know, the despite the 1961 UN report, I would say at this point it's settled beyond the shadow of a doubt that the head of the UN was killed by a mercenary. Definitely a mercenary, I was going to say, hired by a mining company. The hired by a mining company part is something less than beyond the shadow of a doubt, but it seems like the most likely explanation to me. Have you Googled this? Dog Hammerschild? Like Belgian mercenary Lone Ranger? There's a Long Guardian article, right? Is that what this is? Yeah, okay. Yeah. This makes it sound like he basically admitted it. Yeah, yeah. That he's like... that. The quote here is, and this is not directly from him. This yeah, it was like, a, a, I think a it's friend. probably the same guy that's in yeah. the thing. Okay. There, yeah, there's a guy that he was like, you know, he talked to and he was like, yeah, I fucking, I, I shot him. I'll tell you how. You so know? sometimes you have to do things in life that you don't want to do, but they are in order. Yeah, yeah I guess. And they said, he, the, here it says that he didn't know who he was killing. Okay. But who knows if that's true or not. That's definitely what I would say if I killed the chief. <laughs> the head of the human. Yeah, but if they're like, shoot down a plane, you're like, okay, fine. But then I, I, if I were trying to get the head of the UN killed, I probably wouldn't tell the mercenary who were, I'd be like, you have a job, do the fucking job. I bet that's pretty common. You'd figure it out later. Maybe yeah, not absolutely. as much now because you can find out like, yeah, if you're, you know, if you're Barry, it's probably going to be pretty tough not to know mm -hmm. the backstory. But if it's like the 60s, yeah, and they're just like, here's the, here's the deal. Like, here's the cash. This one, take that one out of the air. You're just like, oh, I mean. That is the thing I'm struck by whenever I'm like imagining what a JFK cover-up might have looked like is just the, the estimation of people back then of what an individual could know was so much lower. Obviously. Yeah. They didn't have Google. You know, right. like the, 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 it just seems to me like there was probably a lot of turns where the people trying to keep things secret were like, it's just not that hard to keep things secret. We don't have to try hard. Yeah. No, it's definitely true. Yeah. I mean, even if if you just don't even just say like search engines, just the fact of 
how interconnected communication is just even by a phone. Yeah. Like, how are you going to get like seven degrees down the line to, for someone to find out? that? The, I mean, I don't know. It's obviously possible, but probably pretty unlikely. It's interesting you bring this up because I saw this on my, uh, on my way walking out the building today. Do you know of an ESPN reporter named Allison Williams? No. I mean, yes, but not a lot. Uh, let's see. I've definitely heard that name. Okay, I've, I've seen, seen her, her on before. games. Yeah. Yeah. So she filed a But if a you lawsuit. ask me for any other information about her, I don't have it. So her and a longtime producer have sued ESPN and Disney in federal court as of today. Mm. The I uh, hope they win. thrust of the suit is that they're alleging ESPN made no serious attempt at accommodation to their exemption request for the COVID vaccine. I don't know what medical conditions they um, have. Or, now I don't hope they win. I don't know what. Uh, I thought there's no way that I could be pro company and anti-worker. Although I'd say I'd say I'm just down now. I'm neutral. I'm not cheering for ESPN to win. But they may they may have actually had some sort of medical condition. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Of well, course, you don't got to tell me. I'm neutral. Sage, <laughs> Sage Steel uh, is also in court with them right now. So, Over COVID vaccines? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Because um, she got suspended. So here's a, here's a, a nice little doozy for you here from the suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We'll go down here. It is no secret that the government worked with Disney during World War I and World War II. Uh, World War II was a significant part of the war effort in both wars. That's, That's what I'm talking about. What you talked about before. Fuck yeah. There was joint involvement. Their partnership continues to this day in overt and covert ways. Encouragement, whether overt no or covert, is also one of the criteria for finding state action. Skip down a few. It is well known that the Defense Department has exercised direct editorial control over Disney's content. Uh, content. That control does not stop at content, but extends to direct, indirect, and covert encouragement as it pertains to policies and practices. Uh, I think you'd have to be pretty naive to think that the government doesn't care about the major media entities in this country. Yeah, but I guess... I think they try and keep a pretty close eye on what the masses are being told. Well, for sure. And a lot of times that just works itself out by way of capitalism. Yeah. And I mean, less so than like other large nations, you know? For sure. Less than like... Russia does more. (laughs) I remember like hearing that like the highest grossing film in China's history is like a a state funded movie about China winning some battle with the US that the US actually won. (laughs) That's great. Like they just rewrote it to as that they won so uh pretty tight yeah no i mean when it comes to like mass media obviously if you want to get full manufacturing consent i don't know how much exercise the government actually of control the government actually has to do because the media companies have already what is it like the overton window like they know to operate in here we'll make the money you can't have people on tv saying quote wild shit like mark lamont hill saying i don't know if we should be giving them all this money it seems kind of bad did you just get fired? I don't know. The government didn't call Atlanta and say, fire this guy. They yeah. just know. Yeah. Uh, you'll love this one. Walt Disney himself was a government actor. Though his government role ultimately changed, it did mm-hmm. not change the essential relationship between the world and the government. What, section down. Walt Disney was an FBI, FBI informant. 100%. Walt Di- Disney was made a full special agent in charge contact in 1954. The relationship was far more than the actions of a private person. It was a business-government partnership, even in this role. What Hoover got in return, in return for Disney's information, uh, J. Edgar Hoover, the director of the Bureau, allowed Disney to film in the FBI headquarters in Washington. That's pretty tight. It is. And basically, I think what, you know, this all feels... I don't give a fuck about this reporter's suit. Yeah. But... Kudos on these attorneys for being like, dude, I'm going to the fucking, I'm going, I'm going deep. You want me to prove yeah, it? Because I don't I, think the, the government probably had nothing, much like with mass media, to do with ESPN's COVID policies. They were just doing what they thought they could do to keep from getting sued. Now I bet sued it's on one of those end. things where like you, the suit gets juicier if you can connect it. You know, oh yeah, like the, for yeah, sure. The you know, you're triggering different parts of law if it's a government actor versus a non-government actor. But, I, you know, I don't know. But to be like. Hey, your namesake was uh, an informant. Yeah. And also the government has told you what movies to make and not make for a They read years. the websites I read. It's 
very cool, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me like, this is my lawyer. lawyer of the day. We, we could we could nod. They know about Lookout Mountain Laboratory. Like, I wish I could have been sitting there when uh, when the lawyer's like, uh, Allison Williams is sitting there, you know, college football field reporter. And the lawyer leans back in his chair and he's like, Walt Disney was in the FBI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck does yeah, that I have to do this. with anything? Yeah. He has to kind of unspool Rules. it for a little bit. <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. I do the lawyer stuff. You just report. Um, all right. That's all I got. Well, just uh, I, I did want to give you like a little bit on the kind of, I don't want to call it red hair. It's the, not nothing, but like they spend most of this documentary. Oh, I wouldn't have gone if I thought you were. No, no, no. Bad. No worries. No worries. Because uh, it doesn't, it's, I, I don't want to like, they spend a full hour and a half on it. I'd like to spend five minutes. Um, but it was just uh, in like one of the last press conferences of the South Africa Truth and Reconciliation Committee. You got Archbishop Desmond Tutu sitting up there. They play the video. And he's like, we, so like, you know, their basic thing was they're, they're looking through all the documents that the apartheid government had. And they're like, we want to announce we found something. It's of interest. It's a 12-page document. The letterhead says it's from the South African Institute for Maritime Research. <laughs> and it appears to be a written out plan of how they're going to kill Dog Hammerskull. Uh, I keep on. It's a real. If you saw the, the spelling of the name, I don't know that we are really capable of pronouncing. Yeah, those names and words. Hammerschuld. He The guy says it over and over in the documentary. So like, I wrote it down and I've been trying to, but like, it's you know whatever. It's hard. Um, but yeah. So uh, the then they're like, what's this South African Institute of Maritime Research? Like, first of all, that's a it's a pretty benign name. Um, but they, there's one guy who like a South African journalist had talked to the guy extensively. The guy's name is Keith Maxwell. And he's like, I am, I th think they call it Samir, Simar, Simar, Simar. There's no A between the maritime and research, but I see how it's kind of a different, difficult acronym they're ending up with. So they call it Simar. Uh, and so he like had, had just written down all of this various crazy shit Maxwell would say about what he's doing. But it's like, is this an insane dude who like everyone agrees that at the end of his life, he was going crazy. Uh, and so like, is it just as this dude's going crazy? He's like, actually, I'm the head of a large organization that's secretly controlling all of Africa. Or like, is he the head of a large organization that's right. secretly controlling all of Africa? And I would say I'm still at, that's an open question, but boy, they have some interesting stuff. Um, the big thing is that they end up talking to a guy who's like, yeah, I was, and he's on camera, like doing the interview, like, you know, just staring down the barrel, just being like, this is my real name. And here's all the shit we did. And he's like walking them through like old, like falling down buildings and being like, this used to be our headquarters. We had a barracks here. And like, I, you know, I don't know, it kind of looks to me like the buildings aren't, they're too dilapidated to have been like a barracks in 1993, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't fucking know. Um, I don't know how quickly a building decomposes. It's not something I'm an expert on. It's a good question. <laughs> but uh, the basic upshot is that he's saying that like they were, they were doing shit all around Africa, basically like, you know, they, they were straight up white supremacist organization trying to get like remove all blacks from Africa. And the, one of their big thing, like their, their main thrust was that they would set up vaccination clinics where instead of giving them the vaccine, they would infect them with AIDS. And, uh, I believe that. Yeah. The, whenever you land it all, like whenever you, if you watch the documentary and the evidence they lay out, it's, it's not nothing. It's quite a bit. There's a woman who was killed. Uh, and like the, they find out about the woman because they're just doing a, you know, give me any time a newspaper in South Africa had the word South African Institute for Maritime Research. And they took out an ad being like, hey, uh, we'll, we'll take any information on this woman, uh, on this death. We want to find out who did this. And the guy's like, that's a smokescreen. They killed her because she was one of them and she was feeling skittish about what she was doing. She was going to tell. So they killed her. And then they want to be like, well, who did this? I believe that too. Uh, her brother says that their mom, who's since passed away, the, the Keith Maxwell guy eventually reached out to their mom. It was like, I feel bad about this. And basically was like, we did it. Uh, and, and gave her a bunch of documents, um, you know, pertaining to the whole thing. 
and the and she was like a, a medical student. Like she she was someone who knew, you know, like she would have been useful if you're trying to fucking teach people how to infect other people with AIDS. Um, the one thing that gave me pause is at the end of the documentary, there's like a slide where they're just like. The medical community told us that it's really, really hard to infect people with AIDS through vaccines. And I'd like to hear more about that. I would think like, like I thought that if you get like any of the like bodily fluids inside of you, like if you just fucking put a person with AIDS blood into a vial and shot it into someone, I, th- I think they get AIDS. But yeah, I guess that's, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's, that's a weird one because obviously it comes up with like, and I, cause I recently had to think about this with transfusions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's like a lot of blood yeah but i was also, i'm with you i was not under the impression that it had to be a lot of blood yeah like the, the viral load is the viral load and it's contained in small amounts of blood so i mean you know but i you know, they're trying very hard to tell you that this simar is real and that they were going around africa spreading aids uh and so the fact that they included the slide to me means that someone like really made the case to them fairly forcefully they're like listen what you're saying is medically implausible uh so I, i'd like to hear more about it but absent that it, it sure did sound to me well it, i would say the guy the guy who's on camera talking kind of gives me a vibe where i'm like i don't know he seems too eager to be the center of the story and to be the guy who's telling you things you can't believe He's he's got a little bit of a thing where I I think he's a fibber, but I mean I think the biggest piece of evidence for me would be it's just really hard for me to believe that an organization like that would just be, hey, we want to help you with vaccines. And they they like, definitely have that dude, the Maxwell guy. Uh they like go to uh medical facilities that like like doctor's office. Like he would set up a doctor's office in a township outside of Johannesburg. And like they go to those and they talk to people who live in the area and they're like, so did Maxwell used to run this? Like, oh yeah, yeah. He was down here all the time. Had a line out the fucking door. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say I tend to believe that one. It's not like we haven't done stuff like that in America before that we know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and I mean like uh the you, you get into some so in the uh document, the twelve page truth and reconciliation revealed document there's a page where they're like uh hey uh our cia contacts here here's his code name go here's where he is go and meet him and i love that i don't know on the on the whole thing like the the dog hammer shoulder i i only found out about dog hammer shoulder in the first place because uh in the oliver stone jfk documentary they name check like uh you know with all the things going on in the world dog hammer shoulder like that alan dulles might have had something to do with it uh, and as far as that stuff goes, that's, listen, people are going to try. I mean, this is the main way that they try to connect it to the CIA is, uh, that, uh, you know, you got this document where they're like, here's the plan to kill him and here's our CIA contact. But I don't know. I find that stuff to be so much more shaky than it's this Belgian mercenary. He shot him out of the sky, you know, like yeah. that, that seems pretty settled to me. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. They they definitely didn't convince me that Simar was that CIA'd up, and they also didn't convince me that they were super involved in the Hammersfield thing. Although maybe you know, like it's they probably to, at least knew to get to that part. You really have to rely on the guy who uh, yeah. And whenever the dude at the listening station, the naval officer at the listening station is like, I got a call and someone told me to be up there at midnight. Like, is that from CIA? Like. It's from someone in the government who knew that yeah. this was about to happen. Otherwise, why is he telling him to go up there at midnight? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a good documentary. Uh, it, you know, I, I don't know if they prove out everything that they're setting to prove out. Um, but yeah, it's called Cold Case Dog Hammerschild. I feel like people probably didn't know that the head of the UN was murdered. And uh, I just wanted to let <laughs> I, I did know. not. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next, uh, probably tomorrow, actually. Okay. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.